0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Good morning. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC and Program Director of the MedPeds Residency Program. Well, happy holidays, everybody. If you're like me, you just love this time of year. But, of course, it comes with challenges as well. How do you know what gifts to buy for people? What are some of the ways that you can spend time with your family in this plugged-in era? And what are some of the hidden dangers that might affect my child? Well, we'll be discussing the holiday season this morning and with all the good stuff and the bad stuff. And as usual, we'll be ta- uh, taking your questions and comments. We would love to hear from you this morning. So if you have any questions about the health of your kids or your family, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to kids at online. Dot org. Wow, a little bit colder weather. Really sort of feels like uh, Christmas in the South. Took us a little bit of time to get here. Uh, Thanksgiving sure didn't uh, feel that way. Felt pretty warm, but uh, getting pretty cold out there. I uh, hope everybody's bundling up. I see lots of activity going to stores. I'm trying to stay away from it, actually. Uh, interesting, like the different ways that uh, people are gifting things this year. You know, there's all kinds of different ways you can do that, and uh, probably it's it's I think there are, I saw some statistics out there about there's more people buying things online now than actually going to stores I mean black. Black Friday may be going away, uh, and, and really a lot of the deals you can get just keep on going. But lots of things that happen this time of year. Of course, when we think about kids uh, in the clinic, um, there's uh, mostly infections this time of year. Maybe a couple of stragglers with some sports physicals for different sports if they're playing those. It's sort of an in-between time right now where some sports are uh, going on um but you know sports injuries we may see those from time to time but really it's more about uh sickness and you know anytime you have kids in uh in enclosed environments uh they're passing things along one to another one and uh sort of hard to prevent that a lot of schools now have some sanitation uh type devices where you can uh, wash your hands uh with uh or uh, at least the gel, the uh, alcohol gels and those kinds of things. So even with that, though, you're going to see a lot of that this time of year. But beyond that, you know, what do we do for Christmas and how does that affect us and our families? And, you know, I've I've, uh, received a couple of emails about this in the past, and a lot of people will ask me from time to time, how do you, you know, know, particularly if for your own kids, what's safe for them because there's so many things out there, and particularly online if you don't have anybody to ask, you know, is are certain gifts appropriate for different ages of children? What are the, some of the the cautions that you should be thinking about? Lots of things you could you should think about when you're gifting uh, for your own family or somebody else's kids, and just a couple of things to think about. Number one, probably the biggest one is plan what you're going to spend. Plan how much you're going to spend before you get to that point because it can get out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, so budget that. I mean, you the the Worst thing you could do is gift a bunch of things to different people or to yourself. And then sometime in January, you're scrambling around thinking, how in the world am I going to pay off all this stuff? Um, And it certainly can affect your family. You know, we tend to focus on health issues here. Well, mental health is a big one. We'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the program. But that's a big thing to think about is plan how much you want to spend for your own kids and then setting appropriate expectations, you know. If your five year old wants, uh, if they like Legos and they want a Lego set that costs a thousand dollars, which there are a couple that are pushing that amount, um, and you know the age limit is, or the uh, the recommended age is at least twelve and up, that may not be appropriate for your five year old, and you may want to have some conversations about expectations with your kids about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Uh, the new iPhone that's out, the iPhone. 10. I like to call it the iPhone X, like X-Men. But, uh, you know, that's an expensive thing to buy for somebody. And, you know, the question that you should be asking and discussing with your own kids is, number one, is that appropriate? And if it's something like, like a phone, how are they going to use it? What's going to be the use of that? And do they really need uh, something that's, that, that is that advanced? So setting appropriate expectations is a big uh, thing that you want to do with them. And talk about the why questions. You know, kids, uh, kids can get caught up really easy into comparing themselves against other kids and what they're getting. Uh, and it's sort of like the the talk that goes on at schools is uh, is pretty consistent no matter what the topic. For instance, if somebody's saying, "Hey, I'm getting a new car for Christmas," they may not get a new car; they may get a used car, or they may not get a car at all. Or maybe they're talking about a go kart. But when they talk to other kids, it sort of you know inflates things to the point where um, you know they they may feel like uh, that your child is getting left out. Of some of the gifting. But talk to them about the why that you give gifts. Uh, You know, I know a lot of families have traditions about how they do that, about giving gifts outside their family and, you know, sort of uh, matching up resources that they're putting in toward gifts and gifting things outside the family. But that's a good opportunity to tell them why you do the things that you do. Uh, Why do we gift uh, you know give, give 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 gifts to each other, and every family needs to sort of sit down and think about that and talk about that. The other thing about gifts is the age appropriateness, and really they need to be appropriate for the skills and interest um you know one of the one of the uh, i guess it's humorous in- ret- retrospect, but in Christmas's past, I'm sure everybody has experienced that that Christmas gift that your son or daughter unwraps. And uh, they play with for about five minutes and then it goes by the wayside. And sometimes that's because it's too complicated for their ages at that point um, or their skills that they've developed. You know, a lot of uh, we, I mentioned Legos earlier. A lot of the these small and fine motor skills are inappropriate with some of the smaller uh, pieces uh, for a lot of kids. They just don't have they're not as developed with that yet. Um, so keep in mind, there are some size limitations because of choking hazards, particularly less than three years of age. So we know that young kids are going to put things in their mouth. Uh, they're going to use their mouth as a tool uh, to do different things, uh, to try to get things apart or open things. And there there are some size limitations if they're less than three years of age. You shouldn't have parts that are less than about one and a quarter inch by two inches by Are less than one and a quarter inch by two and a quarter inches. Anything less than that size is really a choking hazard for that for that child. Unfortunately, we do see right after Christmas we do see that as not a big uh, increase in uh, pediatric ER visits, but that is something that's that's common uh, in that age range. The second thing is electrical hazards. So uh, you know if you're a fan of Clark Griswold and his Uh, method of celebrating in the holidays and you want to light up your house to the point where, um, you know, Grand Gulf and the uh, surrounding states may have to increase their nuclear um, uh, kick in to to the grid. Uh, If you're doing that and you're lighting things up, just keep in mind, if you have small kids, just limit those kinds of things. Um, Battery operated lights are okay. You know, the ones you put plug into the wall, those are the ones that are the most risk of of electrocution, but also if it 's around different areas, for instance, if you want to put lights up in your bathroom or in your kitchen, if there is an electrocution hazard from that falling in the water, just think about that what is what is below that um, and and around that and the biggest thing with the battery operated are small button batteries, which are common in you know a lot of the LED sets will now have those. And those are, you know, they're really small. They tend to get lodged in airways or they can uh, get lodged in a, the esophagus or stomach. And they can also cause some thermal damage, just some heat damage uh, if they discharge Uh, while they're in those tissues. So electrical hazards, just think about that and and where you have things uh, appropriately placed. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. We're talking about Christmas and the other holiday season that we have. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about some of the things you should be thinking about moving into that holiday season. The number to call if you have a question is one 877 mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to kids at mpbonline.org.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're talking about holidays and all the things to be thinking about as you're going out there and shopping for your kids and thinking about what you're going to do and cooking and Decorating everything, lots of things going on this time of year, but there can be some dangers to that, just trying to keep you out of the ER and out of the doctor's office and safe and sound in your homes and elsewhere as you travel. We've been talking about a couple of different issues, holiday lights, some of the things to watch out for, some of the size limitations and appropriateness of gifts. You can call in with any kind of questions you have about this or any other health-related issues uh, for your kids or your family. You can reach us this morning at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at kids at mpbonline.org. So we were talking a little bit about, uh, right before the break, about electrical hazards and uh, some of the battery-operated LED lights. Uh, button batteries, as we mentioned, are, are a problem. And those are the ones that you find in hearing aids and remote controls, sometimes, uh, greeting cards are another one. So some of the greeting cards, I know my, my parents love to give those greeting cards where you can, uh, either have a, um, uh, you know, a message that or a song that's played, uh, or the newest ones, you can record one yourself and send that. And, uh, those are uh, the powered by little button batteries and, if a young kid gets into that, tears up the card, gets the battery and swallows it, it can cause some problems. And you may not know what's going on uh, initially. We've had a couple of times we just sort of think about that this time of year and ask about uh, all those detective questions about what's been going on you know, with, with your child prior to that, what have they been playing with or getting into. Magnets are another one that particularly if you uh, uh, swallow those, particularly the magnets that you can... Um, that you can sort of string together so they look like sort of small rocks um or um or little ovals and when you swallow those what they can do is they can actually sort of link up with each other and cause obstruction in the intestinal tract so if you have a couple that go down and and uh they don't uh they can sort of link up with with one another across uh the bowels there and uh cause some problems so jay's giving me a frown i don't know if that's uh Causing a little intestinal uh, digestion. That sounds terrible. It does sound terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> Stom- yeah, it does stomach happen. is not a place for a science experiment. No, it's not. At least Le- not with magnets. That's right. Even if if you're Bill Nye the Science Guy, you should not do that. That is not that is not recommended. Maybe milk or cinnamon or other stuff, but not magnets. Absolutely. Spices. You know, it's interesting. Like spices, sometimes we'll see that too. But that's mainly just GI upset. But. uh Yeah, not magnets or batteries. Stay away from those. Another thing to think about is tags or strings or ribbons that we use for packaging, uh, decorations, uh, maybe decorations in your home as well. And the thing about, you don't see a lot of these anymore, but they're still out there. There's a string or pull toys. I mean, these were everywhere when I was growing up, you know, in little wooden toys that uh, you could uh, pull around. You know, if the string on there is greater than about 12 inches, it can be a hazard, a uh, strangulation hazard, get wrapped around different things, particularly around the neck in a small child. So just keep that in mind if you're if you're thinking about giving that, particularly as a gift to a smaller child. Um and then have you know it, it, when you're when you're out and about any time we've talked about this before on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens when you have your kids out with you and going around and, and buying this kind of thing you know make sure you have a place picked out particularly if it's crowded uh, you know with your sort of middle middle uh, middle aged children with your middle school children to you know if you get. Uh, If you get separated, where are you going to meet back and those kinds of things. I should mention electronic games. So certainly we live in an electronic world and uh, that goes with uh, phones, too. And it seems like our kids are attached to their phones sometimes and we need to uh, detach them. Uh, Think about those video games. You may want to when you talk about those expectations with them about how often they need to be participating in that and some healthy ways to uh to detach from time to time um it can be you know i've always said these games are incredibly popular because they're made to be that way and they're designed by people who are incredibly smart about uh you know those kinds of desires to keep playing them and Uh, and Hey, I've done that too, before I've had, you know, back in the dark ages of early video games on a PC computer. Uh, you know, I've, I can remember one night I had to play this, uh, this sort of, um, this game that uh, that had a lot of mystery to it, and I love a good mystery. Uh, I stayed up all night on that game, and it was just enough movement to make me uh, have motion sickness. And I, I'll have to say, I ended up taking some uh, some medication. You have for that. died of dysentery? I've t- <laughs> no, not that game. No, not that no, one. Okay. Not that one. It close. It was close to that one though. That's a good one. So, <laughs> so think about electronic games. You know, in in what you. Uh, when, when you're picking those things out and uh, talk to your kids about it to uh, discuss these things with them. So decorations, we mentioned that a little bit and you know, decorations are uh, certainly Christmas trees are a big one. Whether you're a fan of uh, the fake tree, I always thought that was a weird name, fake tree. It's fake tree. It's like fake news. Fake's not there. This tree's not there. Um, so artificial trees, I guess, would be a better name or Live trees, uh, and that's also a sort of a misnomer, isn't it? So they're not live, they're dead. They're dead. They haven't been cut off. They're not really living. They're slowly dying in your living room and dropping everything they have. Um, Trees can certainly pose some problems depending on your home, uh, depending on, you know, who you have uh, in your home, whether it's small kids, older kids. Older kids can most of the time leave those alone, except if they're throwing stuff in the house, you know, and uh, knocking things over. Uh, But do make those decisions about a live tree versus artificial trees and then the decorations you put on there. Pets can be a problem, too. just want to mention that. Uh, You know, we have... Uh, two cats in our house. We have one that's mostly inside and one that's mostly outside. Well, actually, one that's all inside, one that's mostly outside. Uh, But, uh, you know, they have, uh, I think most cats would, would think this way, that if you bring a tree into the house or you put up your artificial tree, that's probably a gift to them and that they may want to, uh, you know, dismember things on the tree and tear all kinds of things up. So think about that beforehand, about what you put around. If you have a small child or a toddler that's crawling around or running around, you know, anything that they can get to and they can swallow, uh, uh, put those higher up on the tree um, and just think about what you're decorating the tree with. Um, But also, if you don't have small kids, think about when kids come to your house. So uh, grandparents too. You may have all kinds of not you know ornaments that have been in the family for maybe a couple of generations. Uh, things that you want to do on your tree, but your grandkids are going to come over, and maybe you have a grandkid that's you know ten months, twelve months of age. Think about that, too, about when they come. You may want to have to rearrange things at those times or rearrange the times that they come and make sure that they're always uh, supervised. But think about the kids that are going to visit your house as well during the holidays. There are some holiday plants that can be a problem. Uh, certainly mistletoe is one of them. There's also Jerusalem cherry, holly berries. Uh, hollies are mainly you know, outside plants that... Uh, that uh the, they can have uh berries on them this time of year the there are certain uh plants household plants that we normally have pothos is one. If you eat a lot of these plants you, they can do some damage uh most of the time you have to eat a fairly you know a large amount of these things, but little berries look great to eat uh to small kids uh to uh to toddlers I mean they love to do that mistletoe berries are white uh you know hollyberries are generally red. Uh, just think about that and those plants. And uh, do you want those, or do you want your kids around those kinds of things, particularly if it's inside? And you can have mistletoe. Maybe just take off the berries of it, hang it up, make sure it's secured. Uh, but the you definitely on the berry part of the mistletoe that's a, something that they could have some some uh, negative effects from. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, and we're talking about holiday plans, how to safeguard your home and its surroundings uh, during the holidays, and some other things to think about. If uh, you're listening and you maybe be uh, you're dealing with a, a child that's sick right now or having some difficulties with something, hey, please give us a call. We've got plenty of time to answer your questions along with talking about holiday issues. You can reach us this morning at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at kids at mpbonline.org. So lighting, indoor and outdoor lighting. uh, You know, we mentioned a little bit about uh, electrical ornaments and those kinds of things. Make sure that they have a ground fault on those Uh, particularly if they're um, in wet areas. If you have things that are outside, uh, spotlights, uh, some of the more sophisticated uh, spotlights now that project things on homes and on different, uh, you know, uh, walls, um, make sure that they're appropriately rated for that for outdoor use. Um, you know, electrocution uh, is uh, risk is something you need to be thinking about if you're walking around out there. You don't want to be shocked. If you, if we've had uh, you know, since we've had a lot of rain and we'll continue to have that, so that's something else to think about as you as you decorate indoor uh, and outdoor. Just make sure that those lights are appropriate for that. Uh, real common to have people put um, indoor lights outdoors, and they're really not. It's a different kind of coating on those wires, and the connections are protected a little bit more. Uh, and you can certainly uh, have a lot of risk involved with that. Some of the other things to think about in the home um, inside, um, fire safety. So both for heat and for sort of ambiance uh you have uh you know a lot of people will uh, fire up the fireplace since it's getting a little bit colder and think about general fire safety issues with that make sure that that fireplace if it's one that does vent to the outside that you want to make sure that you have everything cleaned out and you may want to call somebody who's a professional to do that make sure you don't have anything nesting in there that's a fire hazard um make sure that there's no obstructions or th- uh things in the chimney uh or the flue uh part of that and then also access to that as you start a fire. Um, uh, for, again, for small kids, um, a fire screen that uh, that prevents a lot of sparks from coming out of it uh, is one thing. And there's, a, you know, I was not aware of this too much till a couple of years ago. But fire salts. So a lot of people will, will use different salts uh, to color the flame. So is it, as it those compounds break down, they can change the flame to different colors. I don't know, maybe you're having a Harry Potter night and you want to throw something in the fire like that. Those things can be dangerous. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of recipes. I was looking uh, online earlier this morning. There's a couple of recipes for making these things to throw in a fire. A lot of them are are a little bit dangerous, though, because they can explode. Uh, the little rocks, they look like little salt rocks, basically. Um, and if you eat those, uh, so a lot of those can be dangerous Um and uh, cause a lot of uh, a lot of problems, so I probably want to stay away from those, uh, generally speaking. But if you, you know, if your kids bring those home or they they want to get them, you just need to know about the potential uh, hazards of those. And then. <clears throat> There's some other general things, too, to think about in your home. Open cabinets are another one. Um, If you have gatherings at your house and smaller children, think about what's going to be put down on the floor and accessible to them. Uh, People will put their purses down on the floor in a chair. They may have some medications in there that are dangerous. Um, Lock those medications up. If you do have people coming over, you can secure all those things in one room uh, away from kids or or put them up in an area that's inaccessible to them. Laundry products are always uh, some, particularly the ones that are the most dangerous right now, are these little pods that you can get for your dishwasher or your, um, your washing machine at home. Uh, and those can, those can sometimes cause some problems if, uh, mainly with suffocation hazard, but generally speaking, they don't cause too many problems uh, if they ingest those. But there are some other cleaning compounds that can do that. Stairs,, um, you know, make sure that you have a, a gate across the stairs if you have a child that's not quite ready to go up and down uh, up and down stairs um, and for fall risk. Um, again thinking about who is going to be in your home uh not uh, on on a regular basis but just during the holidays and then hot radiators if you live in a home that does have uh, a radiator uh as it gets colder in a room you want to make sure that that's uh you know that certainly is a a a burn risk for uh smaller children as they lean up against that so uh limiting access their access to those rooms if you can uh, is going to be important, but also uh, just thinking about barriers to get to that, and making sure that it's clear so that there's not a fire risk. Um, if you, this is a good time of the year, that if you know, since there are some uh, some fires during the holiday season from various things, talk to your your family about uh, fire safety. Maybe you could do a little evacuation plan and just to, to refresh everybody about that, and then make sure that your your warning devices like a fire, uh, fire alarms in your house, uh, fire detectors, carbon monoxide de- detectors uh, are up to date and the batteries are changed in those. And if you have a fire extinguisher, know where it is, know how to use it appropriately, make sure that it's in date uh, and it's fully charged up. So those are some things to think about for, as you heat your home and uh, for fire safety issues. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy. We're talking about all kinds of safety issues for the holidays. If you have a question that's burning on your mind about the health of your kids or you, you can call us, call us this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to kids at mpbonline.org. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about holiday safety.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're talking about holiday issues and different kinds of safety tips this morning as we move into our holiday season towards Christmas and New Year's and other holidays that you might be celebrating as a family this year. and If you have a question about the health of your children, or maybe it's safety issues, maybe it's something different, you can give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 877 Or you can email us at kids at mpbonline.org. You no, know, it's lots of different things going on during the holidays. Kids love routine, and when they get out of routine, sometimes some of those kids, well, a lot of them like it. Most of them love to be sort of, uh, you know, run at, around to, to all times of the night, but they generally do better if they have sort of a routine about things. And And uh, our next caller, uh, I think, has a... Has a uh, uh, question about that. Certainly, anxiety is a big thing that we we face in some kids, particularly early younger kids uh, during the holiday season. So let's go to Peyton in Jackson. Good morning, Peyton. Thank you for calling this morning.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. How sure. are you doing? Good. Um, I have a uh, six year old who has kind of seemed anxious since he was born, a little bit here and there. He, you know, picked, uh, bite at his fingernails, pick at his fingers a little here and there. Uh-huh. Nothing major. But as of the last month he started to urinate frequently in social situations. So okay. he will have to go to the bathroom five times in an hour. Um and I just wondered more than anything uh, what type of resources we could use as he gets older to talk to both teach us about anxiety and how to help guide him and also to talk to him about it.
1: Yeah. So so and you said he was six? He's six right now? Yes, yeah. Sir. So uh, let me ask you one more question: Is there any history of anxiety in in other people in the family? Maybe do you, any of y'all have anxiety issues too? Yes. Or Yes, yeah. definitely. And that's um, that's yeah, common strong
2: correlation on one side.
1: Yeah, that's that is common. So anxiety, it, it you know, it's a normal part of growing up to have some anxiety. You want your kids to have some anxiety and. You know, with strangers and different situations to protect them. Uh, however, a lot of kids uh, and adults are sort of programmed a little bit differently and have an exaggerated fight or, f- uh, fight or flight response. And again, it's there as a protective mechanism. When we get into dangerous situations, that's supposed to energize us to be able to cope with that. Um, however, when that system is, is, you know, really turned up, then you can have problems with, um, with, with anxiety-type issues. And sometimes kids, it, it's, sometimes it can be subtle. Maybe they avoid certain situations. Maybe they, uh, you know, break out in a sweat or uh, they get real jittery. Uh, But it can be incapacitating to kids and adults if they have that. So there are some good things that you can do for anxiety, and there are different types of anxiety. So you mentioned in social situations, that's probably one of the most common ones. Uh, The other one is anxiety or a fear or phobia of something in particular, uh, like me. Mine is sharks. Uh, So, uh, you know, you can have all kinds of different triggers for that. And if it is sort of a social anxiety, uh, you know, at six, um, the, the things you can do rather than avoid those, our goal is that, you know, as they grow older, that they can deal with those social situations. They can identify the ones that are going to cause them problems and have some techniques to, uh, to deal with that. The, in extreme situations, there are medications that can be used to both prevent and to, uh, you know, sort of acutely deal with that if they, um, uh, you know, if they pop up. But I'll, I'll tell you the thing I love to to, uh, to do to help families is to try to get them in, in with a child psychologist uh, who is trained to uh, to deal with anxiety issues and can give you some tools as parents, and then also the child, as they get older, some tools to deal with that. Now there's plenty of ways to do that. Um, there are some biofeedback techniques that, as you get older, you get it sounds fancy, but actually they're pretty simple to learn. Uh, at younger ages, there's a lot of different, uh, different things that you can do, but I, I would talk to your pediatrician or your, your doctor and just say, hey, we have some issues about that. If by chance they want to you know start medication, I definitely would not do that, uh, particularly at this age and without trying some of those other non-medical ways first because you really can, uh, you know, you can sort of enable, uh, a child to deal with that rather than being being medicated. Sometimes medications are needed, but generally speaking, going to a good psychologist that's trained to deal with uh, with kids is probably the best thing. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, the urination too, Peyton. Um, is were there any urination problems, like at night or wetting the bed at night, anything like that?
2: Nothing like that, and at home it pretty much stops. Um, but yeah. whenever we go somewhere, it it. You know, church, Boy Scouts, that kind of thing. It it picks up pretty
1: sharply. Sure, yeah, th- and uh, that's common too, just because the the you know the the nervous system from the brain down to the bladder is all hooked up with some of the similar sy- systems uh, for f- uh, fight or flight, and um, you know that's that's sort of hooked up together. So, in in trying not to, you know, you don't want to bring too much attention to that part of it is probably the biggest, you know, for a six-year-old doing that, that's, uh, you know, going to the bathroom frequently and it may, it, it, it can be traumatic to them, but also it might be a way that they're trying to avoid that situation as well. Um, But what a psychologist uh, might do early on is to uh, talk about some of those triggers and easing back in and allowing them to have, Uh, Other avenues to really um, for that stress that they're feeling, that anxiety that they're feeling to be channeled in a different way. And uh, it can be helpful for a family, too, as I mentioned, just to give you some some tools and techniques um, there are a couple of places in Jackson, you know UMMC has a great uh, child psychiatry uh, division that your your physician could uh, refer them into. There's a couple other psychologists that are, um, that are around that would be good. If you want to uh, send me an email, Peyton, I can send you some specific um, um, specific uh, psychologists, child psychologists that y'all might look into. Uh, but if you can send an email to kids at mpBonline.org, um, I'll send you some, a couple of options back. Because six, if they're already having symptoms like that, this is the time to go ahead and, and explore some of those avenues to try to, um, to try to give them some tools and use some tools to, to avoid some of those uh, reactions.
2: Perfect. That's exactly kind of what I was hoping for. I'll, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you very much.
1: Good. Thank you for calling. Yeah, anxiety is a big deal during the holidays, and uh, certainly, you know, getting out of school and uh, and having uh, just a normal routine change can be a be a, a big one. Talking with your kids about that, taking time to talk about it, and what to expect uh, is one of the first things you can do. But there are kids that do have have that, and as we mentioned, it can be a uh, you know, it can be a, a genetic type. A predisposition, certainly we don't know all about anxiety or the different types of anxiety, social anxieties, generalized anxiety disorder, um, but we we do know that that there is a component that you can change through giving people good techniques, good things that they can uh, they can use to to change their reactions to different situations because the goal isn't to avoid all of those. The goal is really to um, the goal is really to uh, keep um, you know uh, have them engaged in doing those things that you would want them to do this is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens I'm Dr. Jimmy we're talking about holiday safety and some other issues related to that this morning we're going to continue our discussion in just a second we're going to take a break and you can ha- call us with any kind of questions you might have by calling one mpb ring that's 1-877-672-7464 or email us at kids at mpbonline.org we'll be right back after this
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and talking about holiday issues today, buying presents, all kinds of safety issues around your house. and. Um, you know, sometimes people think, you know, why should I be interested in that? I mean, that's a sort of a downer during the holidays to make sure everything's safe. It will take one trip to the ER, uh, particularly if it's your, if it's your kid or somebody else's kid, uh, that's, uh, injured from something that could be preventable to change your mind. It's always easier to have that fun if it's safe. Uh, can't, you know, certainly can't, uh, Uh, safe proof everything. I am personally guilty about breaking all kinds of, uh, you know, safety issues over the years. And, you know, my kids sometimes have uh, gotten hurt about that uh, uh, around those issues. But, you know, you need to be as safe as you possibly can. A lot of us are going to get together and we're going to eat because that's what we do in the South. It's our culture. It's who we are. And uh, food around the holidays, uh, you know, with large groups of people and cooking large amounts of foods and transporting food from the the ones that, uh, you know, if you... Uh, cook at one at your house and then take food to somebody else 's house there 's a lot of issues around that different people in the in the kitchen cooking uh, that you can have some problems so you know food poisoning is an issue sometimes, particularly with certain foods, but it has more to do with food preparation and, and proper cooking of that so you want to fully cook all those foods uh, hey i 'm a big fan of sushi uh, but if you're a, maybe if you 're having sushi at your house you don 't need to cook that but if you 're having traditional you know, foods, make sure they're they're properly prepared and cooked. I guess I should say that instead. But fully cook those things, uh, you know, uh, you want the, the proper temperature and the proper amount of time in doing that. Wash your hands. Can't say enough about this. Just washing your hands with good old soap and water. Uh, we mentioned alcohol gels in certain areas earlier. That's uh, certainly one way to keep your hands uh, clean and free of uh, of bacteria and viruses. But even just uh, briskly washing them with soap and water for about 30 seconds, uh, that can uh, certainly uh, cut down on, on what you're going to catch, not just from food but other places too. And then raw cooked foods, uh, utensils. Um, you know, If you're cooking uh, raw foods and you may have them on a platter or you're using certain things to handle those, uh, if, you're, if you're grilling or cooking those, uh, make sure you wash those utensils and uh, pans in between to make sure you uh, get everything clean and not transferring uh, some of the things you could pick up on raw foods uh, to, the cooked, to the surface of the cooked foods. Always thaw meat in the refrigerator. Now, this is one of those questions that people have all the time. They say, you know, how can I thaw meat? Can I just take that out and put it out on the countertop, you know, keep it covered? Uh, it's it's better to do that in the refrigerator uh, because you're going to keep it at a temperature that it's going to be thawed out, but not too much all the way. It's not going to be exposed to a lot more things. Um, and you know, one of the one of the things, if you just think about the last time that you gathered together, maybe it was Thanksgiving, maybe it was another time where you had multiple people in one place. Somebody's going to be sneezing this time of year, coughing, uh, even talking. Uh, we can you know spread a lot of things out so if it's out on the counter it's not going to be as safe in thawing out as it will be in a refrigerated condition and then you know if you if you have foods that are sitting out uh 2 hours is about the time that you need to uh keep in mind to re-refrigerate them to put them in the refrigerator so they if they've been sitting out for about an hour and a half uh be thinking about putting them up after 2 hours they really shouldn't stay out longer than that that just allows more time for bacteria to to uh, set up shop and grow, and uh, that is no fun on a holiday. You want to fully be able to enjoy those holidays, um, and uh, certainly, if you are going out with your family, and this, this is straight to the adults, and you're going to, uh, you know, indulge in alcoholic beverages, uh, make sure you have a designated driver. We certainly have more than our share of um, of. Uh, motor ve- vehicular collisions and other injuries are related to alcohol uh, during this time of year. So make sure that you're doing the right thing there. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Dr. Jimmy. We're talking about holiday issues today. Got maybe time for one more caller. If you want to call in and squeeze a call in there, the number to call is one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or if you can't call right now, but you have a question, you can email us at kids at mpbonline.org. Last thing I want to talk about today is mental health issues because the holidays can be joyous times for most people, but Uh, Certainly for some people, we talked about anxiety being one of those. Um, It can be a depressing time, maybe in the last year or two or even longer than that, you've lost a loved one. Uh, Holidays are a reminder of that because of the absence of them. And, um, you know, plan one thing at a time during the holidays. Don't be overwhelmed with it. If anxiety is sort of creeping in on you and you've got a lot of things to do, just put things down on a sheet of paper and just mark them off one by one. That's a great way to sort of march through that and uh, have a sense of accomplishment as you can mark those things off. Uh, do things for other people. Um, If you're down and depressed, it's always it's a great time to really reach out and to uh, to try to help those who are less fortunate this time of year to give something. It doesn't have to be big and involve your children in doing that so that they can see how you you give to other people. Uh, Another thing is to, you know, remember uh, those around you that may have uh, lost during the holidays and uh, try to reach out to them so that they're not alone during this time. Let's go to Linda in Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda.
2: Good morning.
1: Good morning, Linda. Thank you for calling. Good
2: morning. Yes, you uh, was talking about Christmas gifts. Yes. I really think, uh, you know, uh, five years old and six or seven, that's too early to be giving somebody a one thousand dollars cell phone, you know.
1: I yeah. I agree with you totally, Linda. I, I, you know that's the, just like we were talking about it. The appropriateness of the gift needs to fit the age of the child or adult, um, and that's you know just buying them something like that. That's I mean that's a lot of money, and
2: I mean you can lose it.
1: or Absolutely,
2: bring the child to lay it down, or you know that's too much to eat putting insurance
1: on yeah i agree to i we could talk about other issues too if we had time about you know the appropriateness of phones and when kids need to have them there certainly uh there's a lot of things that they need to be doing at that age that a phone can take yeah. the place of um i'm a big fan of giving people experiences i in fact that's you know a that's one thing I don't think we do enough. Instead of giving gifts, you can give an experience. So to a 5-year-old, if they really want to do something, maybe it's going to a children's museum or to, you know, a place together. Um that would be a great present for everybody to do that um together. So think about those things too. But I think Linda, you're you're on to something there. There's the appropriateness of giving those uh, gifts uh, for the age of the child—that's always something you need to th- to think about.
2: Yeah, going out of age of uh, give, getting, uh little girls a doll, uh, a boy or a truck or something like that. That that's gone. Now you got to give them two and three hundred dollar cell phones.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy about the this the price and everything. And uh, to me, you know, you mentioned some of the older gifts that would that used to be common. Most of those involve things like uh, active imaginative play and things that you could do as an adult with them. Uh, And while you can do that to a certain extent on phones, it's it's, you know, for that age, for the age you mentioned, five, uh, you know, that's that's uh, and under that's that. Those are ages that they need those socialization skills with other kids and with with you, with their parents and their families and I agree, Linda. I think that uh, sadly, that's one of the things I think we're missing. That we need more of is more time uh, as a family together, and um, particularly during the holiday season. Those are the things that I would look back on my family and and remember the most and appreciate the most are the times that we um, we talked together and we spent those times together. So, all right, thank you. Sure, thank you for that comment. That, that Linda brings up some good things. Um, you know, trying to, you know, spending time with your family can be very challenging. And um, and I truly mean with. I would challenge everybody out there during this, this time and, uh, in December, January, whenever your kids are around more, to try to look for ways to do that. And not so much in spectating, uh, you know, something else, but activities that you can do with them together. There's some great games out there. Uh, and I'm not talking about video games. There's some great games, and we we like a few of these at our house that. Uh, you know, new ones that are that are challenging and uh, uh, can be something that that everybody in the family can can join in on. And even if you just take 20, 30 minutes to do that, uh, I think it's worth it to do that. Uh, do try to keep uh, routines the same as you transition from school uh, times to holiday times. The temptation would be to let your kids just stay up as late as they want and uh, sleep as late as they want. Uh, however. Uh, particularly when you transition back you really need to keep uh things as pretty close to that as you did just because of uh you know the way the way the brain is structured it needs that that uh that same structured time of uh of going to sleep and waking up and it can be a, maybe an hour or two different but much more than that you want to uh, sort of shy away from those kinds of things, um, but do look out for those around you and your family that, uh, or yourself, if you're having a hard time. Hey, reach out, call somebody. If you have a child, uh, an adolescent that seems to be, uh, you know, not their their selves during this holiday time, uh, reach out to them, and uh, don't be afraid of asking them if they're having any feelings of of uh, of sadness, of of uh, inadequacy. Uh, if they're having any, any thoughts of har- harming themselves or harming others. I and mean, those are things that you need to talk about with them. And then get help. Um, go to your pediatrician, your local physician that you normally see. Uh, make sure that they know the symptoms that you're seeing in your kids And uh, and really pay attention to that during the holidays, because it can be a stressful time, Uh, can be a joyous time for everybody, but uh, can be a little bit stressful, too. And uh, and again, I I hope that everybody during this time of year takes the time to really spend time together as a family and looks for ways to maybe uh, do that with others, with friends uh, and family. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. I've enjoyed our conversation this morning. Thank you for for our callers, as always, for calling in. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. uh, our uh, producer today was Jay White. I want to thank him as usual. I'm just, I'm just having these holiday stuttering going on right now. I apologize to everybody for that. You can join us next week at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.